With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Superchargers, headlights, and more with over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the volume DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can get five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. So when you are sitting there on the couch watching Chiefs Ravens, watching Patrick Mahomes against Lamar Jackson, DraftKings is where you want to be for all kinds of bets from final score, prop bets, whatever you're looking for. DraftKings has got it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code MANIX. New customers can bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code MANIX. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This is Boxing with Chris Manning. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. So, I spent some time last weekend with the rightful, justifiable winner of the Contender Season 1. Sergio Moore. The pride of Providence, Peter Manfredo. In what universe do you think he won? I beat him three times. He's 0-3 against me. In the amateurs, National Golden Gloves, I beat him. I love seeing him. I beat him in the Contender Finale for a million-dollar prize, and I beat him in the rematch, barely, but I beat him. 0-3, bro. That's your Rhode Island guy. Get out of here. I love seeing him. I was at... A club show in Boston. Shout out to Vertex Promotions. They do great club shows in the Boston area. Shout out to the pod listeners at this club show as well, including Melissa, the referee, friend of the pod, said she was a podcast listener while I was sitting there. But did see Peter Manfred, who came right from work, was in his work gear, Mm -hmm. working, uh, I believe, construction, and just sit in front row. Watching the fights. Yeah. Of course, I texted you <laughs> saying I was there. What do you send back but the picture of your contender championship <laughs> ring? <laughs> My diamond-encrusted <laughs> platinum contender championship ring. Now, shout-out to Peter. He's always been a blue-collared guy, family man, and a hard fighter, hard worker, man. Uh, I'm glad he's doing well. I'm glad you got to, got to see him. But you're standing in front 
of the contender winner, he, the contender champion. He wants another go at it. He hey, wants another shot. Hey, listen, I'm I'm all good for it. I was chasing a YouTube guy, but I'm I'll happily fight another forty something year old that I've already beaten twice. What weight? would it have to be at and how many rounds would be the max uh, believe it or not man uh, he's always been a heavy guy so whatever weight he, he wants, looks heavier than you no, not he's a heavy thick guy. but like he's heavier than you he's 5'8 but he's a, he's a muscular guy he's a big guy uh, whatever weight he wants I'll, I'll, and we'll do it in Providence I'm all in come on now 8 rounds uh, maybe six. <laughs> I'll do 6 my legs shivered when you said 8 rounds <laughs> Uh, he is Sergio Moore, the former gentleman of middleweight cont- uh, champion, contender winner, the rightful contender winner, his own broadcaster. We are here in Phoenix, Arizona, where Jaime Munguia will face one of his toughest tests to date when he takes on former title challenger, John Ryder. That's a fight you can watch live on DAZN. Sergio, I want to talk about that fight, but there was some news uh, on Thursday. PBC announcing the very first PBC on Amazon Prime show. And it will be headlined by a junior middleweight fight featuring Tim Zhu against Keith Thurman. Now, just big picture on this card. Uh, it, look, it shouldn't be a pay-per-view. I think we can all agree on that. It is, generally speaking, a good card. You're going to get Roly Romero against Isak Cruz, 140-pound title fight in the co-feature. Arislandi Lara will defend his title on that card. Sebastian Fundura against Sergey Boachuk in a will it be a slobber knocker of a fight, which is going to open the show. So it is overall a good show. But let me ask you about the main event first. We know Tim Zhu is a rising star. His uh, first fight in his return to the U.S. is going to be against Keith One Time Thurman. And if this was five years ago, I would have loved this matchup. But Keith Thurman has fought once in the last two years. Uh, he has fought twice, basically in the last four years. Uh, do you see any way that Keith Thurman wins a fight like this? Hey, listen, his moniker says it all. He's only fought one time in four years. N- no. I mean, inactivity kills, especially when you're in your mid-30s like Keith Thurman is. So he's been inactive. He's in his mid-30s, and he's facing, going to fight a beast in Tim Zhu, uh, a power puncher, pressure, technique. Uh, everything dangerous that you don't want to face on your first fight back when you've been so inactive. Um, this is the problem when you get, when you still have a name and they offer you offer you big money to come back for a fight. You're willing to take it, thinking that you still have those glory days behind you. Keith Thurman is not going to win this fight. It sh- it shouldn't be on pay per view at all. This fight on pay per view, no matter how good the undercard is, shouldn't be on pay per view. And good for Tim Zhu. He gets a name on his record, a former champion, once beaten, you know, Keith Thurman. And it's a it's a great solid name on your record. But I just don't see no way Keith Thurman wins this fight. And I I don't think it does well on, on uh, Prime either. I, I just don't think they should have rolled out the red carpet with this fight. Yeah, you would have liked to have seen Gervonta Davis or right. Terrence Crawford mm-hmm. or even Canelo. We'd we know Canelo is probably going to go at some point in May. Um <laughs> this is going to end up badly for Keith Thurman. Like, mm-hmm. Tim Zhu is really good, and Tim Zhu's getting better. Um, the fights I've seen from Tim Zhu recently, going back to that knockout win over Tony Harrison, you see a fighter that is improving every single fight, that grows more confident, more skilled every single fight. He is a full-fledged 154-pounder, whereas Keith Thurman is just kind of rising into that weight, in part because there isn't a lot for him at 147, and in part because he's on the older side. And Sergio, we just called the fight in Saudi Arabia where Deontay Wilder struggled in large part because he had been inactive for a long time. Keith Thurman's been more inactive than Deontay Wilder. Like, this is one of those fights where it's like, yeah. you, you have to really, really, really look hard to find ways to think Keith Thurman's going to win because his power is not going to be able to do any kind of damage against Tim Zhu. And against a young, hungry lion that has been active, uh, I think this is going to end in really bad fashion. It's going to end uh, in a knockout, and I see Tim Zhu having a sensational knockout, and we'll see Keith Thurman finally you know, get stopped. I mean, he, he's had an a excellent career. He's really had an excellent career. He's going to make a lot of money in this fight, I'm sure. He's made really good money in the past, uh, but you don't want to end 
your career like this. You know, you always want to go on a good win. And Keith Thurman's a smart guy. I mean, he's an articulate guy. When you see him on camera, you know, he's he's a likable. You know, there's something likable about him. And then he turns into a beast inside the ring. You don't want to see that towards the end of a career, especially when you're already, you know, you already retired pretty much. I mean, you already made your bed and now sleep in it. I mean, you're a happy married man, sleep in it. You know, you, you already had success as a professional. You know, find something else that you can do because if you're a part-time fighter, that's when you get really hurt. I just don't like it. And look, he hasn't looked great in recent fights. He lost that fight to Manny Pacquiao back in 2019. His last fight against Mario Barrios. What a clear decision, but went the distance uh, against Barrios. I, I think this is going to end badly for Keith Thurman. It'll probably wind up being, you know, his definite last fight. Um, the Coleman event, is Raleigh Romero against Isak Cruz for Romero's 140-pound title. I want to unpack a few things about this because it was just Wednesday night that Ryan Garcia was on social media tweeting that his fight with Raleigh Romero was just about done. April 20th, most likely going to be in Las Vegas, 140-pound title fight, Garcia against Romero. He even had some artwork that he posted on social media I had texted with Ryan, you know, that night. I'm like, are you sure it's done? He's like, pretty much, you know, just you know, right there at the at the finish line. Fast forward like 12 hours and PBC makes it official and says Romero is going up against Isak Cruz. What, as a fighter, what did you make of that, of Ryan being, you know, so misinformed, you know, during this situation? That um, he's not the main person in charge of his career. That's what it it clearly tells me because he's told one thing and then another thing happens. That means you don't have the bull by the horns. You have a large social media following. So anytime you tweet, you get the world's attention, but you can easily turn that against you when you're not a man of your word. He said the fight was set. And now that fight got taken out of him just like that because why? He's not in charge of his own career. I'm sure he was being told that though or, by somebody. Or he had the wrong people in his ear. There's a that lot of people. There's a lot of people in that kid's ear. I mean, a lot of people in his ear, and it's 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 a shame that he doesn't have the ultimate say. You know, a fighter should be able to veto anything. He's the one in charge. You hear it all the time, but in reality, the promoter and the manager, the lawyers, they're the ones that have their 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 finger on the button. They're the ones that actually are in control of the strings. And in reality, that's the way it panned out because you can easily see that Ryan was really shook about this. He didn't believe it. He didn't believe it. None of us believed it. And it's just a bad look for him because when he said uh, the fight was made and Oscar was confused and both of them are tweeting, both of them have large social media followings and start going at each other, it's just a terrible look for promoter, fighter, and sport to be quite frankly. Look, Golden Boy tried hard to make this fight happen. They made strong offers to Roley Romero. And, and aside to all this, I think Roley's making a huge mistake taking this Pitbull Cruz fight over a Ryan Garcia fight. I think he loses both fights. Um, but I think Ryan Garcia would have paid him more. And for whatever reason, he's taking this slot as the co-main event uh, against Pitbull Cruz as opposed to a main event slot against Ryan Garcia. I honestly think, in a weird way, Ryan might be a more winnable fight for Roley Romero because Ryan you know, has been chin-checked a little bit before. He's been knocked out before uh, with a body shot. I, I think it, it. everything tells me that this would have been the better fight for Roley Romero, but it's just it was just wild to see a star on the level of Ryan Garcia just getting the wrong information. Like, I, I to, to your point, like, I want to know who is in Ryan Garcia's ear. Who is telling him this stuff that is... Too many people. Too many people that is making him believe that this fight was locked in. And look, I've been around some Golden Boy peoples here in, in Phoenix. They're the lead promoter of this Munguia Ryder fight. You know, to a man, they have said to me, like, this fight with Roley was never done whoever was in ryan's ear it, it wasn't us saying it was done now ryan's in the position where he had to come out and say look i i i didn't know it wasn't me uh i'll be more careful next time but more than that sergio like where does he turn now because he wanted roly romero and i got that because roly would have represented probably the easiest pathway to and that pay-per-view would have sold uh, probably because the press of, because of ryan's pop ryan's popularity and the fact that you know his 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 fight with Tank did you know was incredible Big over numbers. over a million uh, 
buyers. I think they could have done, you know, four or 500,000 against uh, Rolly Romero. Romero would have been the bad guy. Ryan would have been the good guy. Would have sold. It would have been marketable, promotable. I would have bought it. I could easily see that fight doing, you know, half a million, (laughs) half a million uh, buys. It would have been a successful pay-per-view. It's a shame it's not happening. Yeah, it is. But like, you would agree though that, uh, in your opinion, did Rolly make a mistake here? Yes. (laughs) You chase the money, man. I mean, look, Rolly Romero is, what, you want to call him a champion? Great. He's a champion. Look, he's yeah, he has reason. a regular belt. Yeah. Great. You want to call it's him a champion? It's not a hubcap. It's the, what's the he real has belt. He's a got belt. The real okay, great. Now you got to maximize that belt. You don't go and fight a very tough unknown fighter in Isak Cruz when you have the gold the golden ticket in front of you. That's what fighters win championships for to fight the biggest name, the biggest draw that can make the biggest amount of money and he had that right in front of him and he let it go be as too many people in his ear but uh, look, that fight's in the past now. What does Ryan Garcia do now, yeah. you ask me? I think, well, Golden Boy has an excellent stable. Jose Ramirez. Nah. Jose Ramirez, hold up. Okay, Arnold Barboza. Nah. Why not? Devin Haney. That's the name I want. Devin Haney has You no really think control. Ryan Garcia, who didn't accept this fight, is going to go for the dream? Uh, and Devin Haney? Well, I don't think Ryan Garcia didn't accept the fight. I think Rolly Romero didn't accept the fight. Well, I think Rolly Romero or his advisors wanted him to go a different direction. Don't underestimate the politics in this. I don't think PBC wanted Roller Romero fighting under his own pay-per-view. I think that had something to do with it. So I think Ryan wanted the fight and would have taken the fight on any platform. And look, Ryan has been public saying he wants a Tahaney fight in the past. He flip-flopped, so, but I don't think he's, he's avoiding that fight. And that's certainly a very makeable fight because both those guys are on the same proverbial side of the street so yeah that's the fight i want for ryan next man i'll tell you what if ryan garcia fights Devin haney next i got i don't care who his biggest hater is they have to bow at this kid for taking big challenges and for taking big 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 steps like this if he fights Devin haney in a pay-per-view fight wow i'll be shocked i'll be shocked i'll be amazed but I'm going to play the devil's advocate here, Chris Maddox. We've heard him call out big names before, and then he steps back and fights a, a lesser name. I can see him calling out all these big names, knowing that it's not going to happen, and then he fights a, a lesser opponent. Wait, when have we heard him do that, though? Because he was calling out Tank Davis, and Yeah, Ryan he finally did, did it. He finally he did, did everything. It. He made him. that fight happen. Yeah, Ryan Garcia yes, made did. that fight happen. Yeah, credit to him. Uh, and it didn't work out in his favor, but he made a boatload of money, and and that fight was a success, and it was a it was commercially a great success. Uh, so I think if he fights Devin Haney, that'll be exact same type of fight, you know, a, a commercially well, a successful a type fan, fight. Fan base than Devin, but hey, I don't know. You never know. They, they uh, could, they could put that fight in San Francisco. You have seen he he great packed crowd. the house. Great he crowd. Packed but the but house Tank is a much more proven pay per view uh, star. I wouldn't write off Devin Haney. I'm not writing him off. I'm just saying I, I wouldn't. You know, it doesn't draw. do a million pay-per-view buys. Ryan against Haney, it it doesn't. Uh, could do a few hundred thousand, four hundred thousand. You'll be surprised, tops. man. You'll be. Surprised. And that's a win. Four hundred thousand pay-per-view buys would be a big nah, win. I think that fight is more in the high uh, high seven, seven to eight hundred thousand. Look, I, I would like to see Ryan try to make a fight with Devin Haney. If that fight can't be made because of money reasons or whatever. Uh, Arnold Barboza is probably the one I would turn to next. I, I just think Ramirez, his stock is so low right now. Like he was once a former unified 140 pound yeah, but champion. He's a former champion. Barboza's is, not like, a former champion. No, he's not. But They're I don't, both I, ones beaten. Right. But I think Ramirez is too much risk for little reward right now. I'd like to see Ramirez get back and get active once again. Barboza, he's undefeated, highly ranked, um, not a lot of power, and at least he hasn't shown it up until this point. That's kind of the opponent I would probably steer Ryan Garcia towards if a Haney fight can't get made. I agree with you. Either either one of those fights I would love to, love to see. I, I, I would uh, I would favor, you know, as a matchmaker, I would favor a, a Barboza fight. But as a fan, I would favor a Ramirez fight. All right. Let's talk about the fight this weekend. Jaime Munguia uh, against John Ryder. I want to start with the trainer, Sergio. Uh, Freddie Roach is now working with Jaime Munguia. Supposedly... And we haven't met with Jaime Munguia yet this week as we record this. But what everything I read is that because Eric Morales, uh, his former trainer, is running for the mayor of Tijuana and is <laughs> he's going to clean the streets up and is <laughs> and is is uh, uh, is not available. Doesn't have as much time to spend with Jaime Munguia. So instead, Jaime Munguia uh, goes and works with Freddie Roach. And Freddie Roach is coming up on the pod uh, a little bit later. I talked to him about that relationship, but. You are a guy that hates all forms of trainer change. You had one trainer for virtually your entire career. 
Um, not virtually. I have. No, you dumped career. it for one fight. We we've talked about this. You, you, oh, okay. you left fight. him. On, you left him on the side. Virtually. Curve. Okay. Shout out Dean Campos. Um, you don't like trainer changes, but what do you think of Jaime Munguia going to work with Freddie Roach? I still don't like it. <laughs> I still don't like it. You had what nine fights of success with Eric Morales, seven of those by knockout. What happened? I think it was that many fights. I had, it was like about seven or eight fights. What happened? Why are you leaving success? Especially when you're building trust, you're building a rapport, you're building everything you need with a great fighter and proven to be a great trainer. Okay, he has ambitions of being the mayor. There could still be some time. Now, if, if Morales is the one that said, hey, listen, man, I'm going to have to share my time with you. I can't give you 100%. That's a different story. But they could manage a good two-month camp then that's a different, that's, come on, man. You can't be leaving someone that you've had the success with. That's your second trainer change. Now you're going your third trainer change with Freddie Roach. Now, anytime any fighter goes to Freddie Roach, I'm going to applaud him because you're going to get the best work, the best sparring in in, the, in wild card. Uh, and they're going to work you hard, man. They run the the mountains in Hollywood. They, they have the excellent strength training, some of the best sparring in the world. So look, Mungia is going to be in tip-top offensive machine, and he's going to be—he's going to be everything you want to see in, in Jaime Mungia style. You're definitely gonna, not going to see uh, a, a defensive wizard in there. Freddie Roach trains his fighters to be offensive. That's mm. going to be their defense. So we're going to—we're going to love what we see in this first fight back. Now, is it the, the right strategy against uh, a wily veteran in, in Ryder who's a strong puncher, not a power puncher, but a strong puncher? Southpaw can get on the inside. He can move sideways laterally. Uh, and, you know, he's coming off a decision loss, a moral victory against the best fighter in the world in Canelo. So I just think too many moving pieces here can actually make him look bad. Mannix, I really do. For his first fight back, I think Mungia and Roach might not be on the same page, and we're going to find out. Well, I think it should be a pretty seamless transition to Freddie Roach, because to your point, Freddie is a offensive-oriented fighter. It's not like he's going from Eric Morales to like Virgil Hunter. He's going to another coach that is going to be encouraging him to throw a lot of punches, to go for knockouts, to be aggressive, to kind of lean into everything that he has. So I don't think some of the usual hiccups that we see in new fighter-trainer relationships are going to apply uh, here. When it comes to the fight against John Ryder, like, I, you and I both agree, he's such a likable guy. Like, he's a, you know, and he's he's earned everything that he's got, right? He had to come back for some tough losses. He got what many people think it was robbed in that fight against Callum Smith. He has a phenomenal 2022 where he beats Daniel Jacobs and he beats Zach Parker and he earns that fight against Canelo Alvarez. But in this fight, I'm, I'm trying to find the pathway as I move around here, Sergio. I'm trying to find the pathway for John Ryder to win because he's going to get outthrown in this fight. Jaime Munguia averages punches in the 60s per round. John Ryder's more in the 40s. Uh, Jaime is the power puncher in this fight. John Ryder does not have knockouts at the highest of levels. So it's really hard for me to see how he comes up with a way to win this fight because I think if it goes to a decision, it's probably going to be lopsided in favor of Jaime Munguia. If it goes to get, if it comes a stoppage, my money's on Jaime Munguia being the one to get the stoppage. So how does John Ryder win a fight like this? Well, the blueprint is already there uh, with how to beat him. And Dervinchenko said that blueprint. You start fast. You know, he backed up Mungia. Mungia is a, a heavy foot offensive fighter. So he's not accustomed to getting moved back because he's such a big kid. You know, he's, he's such a strong, big, heavy kid. And uh, if he's not coming forward, he's, he's, he's unaccustomed to, to, to going backwards so i think starting off fast if you're rider getting on the inside using your footwork rider has really clever footwork you know it's not it doesn't stand out and 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 it's very fast and 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 uh you know he's not going to do the ollie shuffle but he has smart feet man he's always in position to get he, he can get certain angles to the left and to the right and considering he's a southpaw you know he he can do it in a sneaky fashion he has a strong lower back and and he's always moving his upper body he has a good right hook which is something that you need as a southpaw a nice sneaky left uppercut on the inside tall fighters aren't accustomed to getting hit by uppercuts by short fighters Mungia dips down because he likes to go to the body a lot so there's there's avenues there for Ryder you know a lot of them but the the, the main thing here is 
you got to check your machismo. Check your machismo of your John Ryder. You got to check that gorilla. You got to check that gorilla and let him know, hey, listen, man, I'm going to fight like a gorilla in spots. I'm going to let this Mexican know that I got, I got machismo in me too. I'm going to get some points, but then I'm going to use my footwork, my clever footwork and move to the side and then let this guy come over aggressive to me and catch him with overhand rights from that southpaw stance, catch him with left hooks, uh, I mean left uppercuts on the inside and keep moving. And then clinch because John Ryder is the naturally – Bigger fighter, not not bigger as far as like when you see him he's in person. He's a true super middleweight. He's, he's been a career super middleweight. Mm -hmm. This is a man in Mugi who's come up from 154. He's always been big. He's been a huge 154 pounder, a big 160 pounder, and he's a damn near big 168 pounder. So, so being big is not going to intimidate John Ryder because he's been in there with big fighters. He's been in there with legitimate, heavy, strong, big punchers. Callum Smith, Daniel Jacobs. He's been in there with Southpaw Snipers and Saunders. He's been in there with better opposition than Munguia. So he has the championship experience and considering the fact that Ryder has that confidence coming from the Canelo fight, could be bad news for Munguia. I think he's gonna have to fight a perfect fight to win. Like an and it's possible. He's smart enough. Fight. And he's okay. smart enough. It's possible. It's a challenge. That's for sure. Uh, the shadow looming over all this is Canelo Alvarez, who has not selected his opponent for May. Um, it's not gonna be David Benavidez, at least not in May. It doesn't sound like it's going to be Terrence Crawford, who is still trying to figure out exactly what's going on with the contract with Errol Spence. So that really leaves only a handful of options. One is Jamal Charlo, and being honest, I don't know how you sell a fight like that on pay-per-view. Jamal Charlo's had one fight in like three years. It, that's a hard sell on pay-per-view. Jaime Munguia, not the easiest sell either, but Jaime's been active. He's got an undefeated record. He's a fellow Mexican. Uh, he is an entertaining fighter when it comes to a television-friendly style. Uh, what do you think? D does a win here, an impressive win here, let's say, does that earn him a shot in your mind to Canelo Alvarez? A knockout win does because Canelo wasn't able to knock out John Ryder, and you'll be able to market that. You'll be able to promote that. You know, uh, two Mexicans, of course, that's going to – you know, uh, hit the right demographic pay-per-view wise or, 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 um, being able to market it. Okay. We got that out the way, but now you got them want the casual fan. What, what are they going to want to, to, to pay for? So if you got an undefeated young, strong fighter in Munguia and who just knocked out a, you know, a pretty likable popular Brit, something that Canelo can do. Hey man, listen, package that up. You're going to sell it. And I think it does well. I think that pay-per-view does well. It really does because the Brits will buy it and the Mexicans will buy it. Americans will buy it. I think it'll be a popular fight, but we know that, you know, it'll be a one-sided uh, um, offensive fight. And it's going to be Canelo with, with, with his experience and he's Canelo for God's sake. And the fact that Munguia gets hit, but it's to be exciting. I mean, look, you sold Canelo versus Chavez Jr. And Chavez Jr. was a 160 pound punching bag for 12 rounds. He got a, a big check, a big fight, and he didn't come to fight. At least Munguia will lay on his sword. He'll go out on his shield, and no matter what happens, he's going to give you a fight. I'll buy it. If my options are, can, are Munguia and Charlo, I'm taking Munguia because I don't think Charlo would come to fight. I think he'd nope. try to use his jab. We've seen what his brother did. Yeah, and they're different types of fighters, but I don't think he's going to engage because mm -hmm. if he engages, he's going to get knocked out. So I think he's going to come to survive. Jaime Munguia doesn't know how to do that. Jaime Munguia only knows how to come forward. Even when he's winning a fight, he's still coming forward in fight fights, throwing punches, trying to get knockouts, just being an entertaining guy. And I think while both those guys lose, I'd take the Munguia fight over that. I'd rather see Benavidez, but for whatever reason, Canelo does not want to fight Benavidez. What do you mean for whatever reason? Everyone knows the reason. He's going to fight him, though, eventually. Everyone knows the reason Canelo is not fighting Benavidez. And what, the, the too reason big, is too strong, too skilled? The reason is that Canelo is not going to be the, the favorite as far as the, all the, the numbers. You wouldn't make Canelo the favorite? I'm, that that'll be literally a 50 50 no fight. come on if you look at all you cover all the check boxes benavidez beats them in all of them in height and size and youth and reach and power and lots speed. of guys beat them in those categories <laughs> not in all of them well in height in size in reach yeah in speed. of course those he, he gets beaten those, in a lot of those not, categories not, not when it comes to iq not when it comes to being explosive you think, you think there are smarter fighters out there than canelo come on benavidez you're looking yeah. at it Look, I'm not trying to what he did, what he, The destruction great. he did of Caleb Plant, who is a smart boxer, that destruction. Well, not a destruction, but a, a beatdown. Canelo knocked beat down. Caleb, it was knocked a beat Caleb down. Plant out. It was a one-sided beatdown. Well, Canelo knocked Caleb Plant out, though. So, like, in a fight that... But he when was, Caleb was undefeated. In a fight that 
Canelo was getting frustrated with. Well, first, he wasn't losing rounds, though. Eh, like, he's frustrated. Because he, guys he didn't know how to pin him down. You know why? Because guys don't come to fight against him. You know that. Guys yeah. don't come to fight that's against true. him. That's true. And that made Benavidez force Plant to fight. And he forced him to do that because he had speed. You know, he doesn't have uh, 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 foot speed, but he has hand speed. And he puts those combinations together quickly. And he has the, the punch variation where he can punch you upstairs and get you to think of just blocking your body. And then he comes with an uppercut and body shots. Benavidez is going to be a beast, man. And the reason Canelo is not fighting him right now is because Canelo still has years left in his career. He still wants to fight. He has a boatload of money. He wants to continue making boatloads of money. He doesn't want to have another hiccup with a Benavides like he did with Bevo. Yeah, but he's... Uh, my bet is he fights him in September. Like, I think he gets there. Um, you want to bet? Yeah, I do, because Canelo doesn't duck anybody. He hasn't ducked anybody in his career. And just, just by him not fighting Benavides this year doesn't make him a duck. He just, he's going to wait until 20, 25. Which, do, which doesn't age Benavides out. Benavides is in his 20s. Age like he's, I'm just saying. Like it's probably more, more opportune for Canelo to fight Benavides now because Canelo is the one that's getting older. He's in his early to mid-30s, and he's had a lot of miles on his tires at this point. So it's probably better for Canelo to try to take that fight sooner rather than later. Hey, listen, I hope it happens. I'm not I'm, I'm not one to want to prevent this fight. I'm just saying it's not going to happen at the end of this year, but it will happen next year. That's I can see Canelo, by the way, looking at Benavides and saying, just keep building, right? Like, keep building your profile. Like, let's make this fight even bigger. Like, let's say Canelo does fight Jaime Munguia. I would love to see Benavides against Jamal Charlo. That is a marquee fight that would be a absolute positive stamp for David Benavides. He probably has it already, that stamp to go fight Canelo Alvarez because he beat Plant and he beat Andrade and he is unquestionably the number two guy at 168 pounds. But if he goes out and flattens Jamal Charlo, then you have yep. to fight him. Like, unless you're going up to fight the winner of Better Beav versus Bevel, which by the way, not impossible if Bevel wins that fight. Not, even if Better Beav wins that fight. Not impossible to see Canelo look to the winner of that fight before the end of the year. But, if it's not the winner of Better BF Bevel, it would have to be David Benavides at that point. So I think he's going to get there. Like, I know people are frustrated. They want to see it. I want to see it too, especially since last year we had Canelo in a comeback fight against John Ryder in what turned out to be a dreadful fight against Jermel Charlo. We haven't seen Canelo in a marquee fight in some time, but he's going to get there, Sergio. He doesn't duck anybody. Who's Canelo aligned with right now? BBC. And you think PBC makes that fight at the end of this year? Either of those names it's that you just mentioned? the last fight contract. Three-year deal, three-fight deal. I don't see it, but... Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't PBC want... Like, that's, a, it's that's not a potential P because it's fight Canelo, for Because it's Canelo's decision that he, if he wants to do it or not, and because we know that PBC and Al Heyman would rather put up fights. You know, they want fights. They want they, they actually want more more quantity than quality. They just want to keep filling those spots. And it's not you know, good to want more quantity than quality. We need more quality than quantity. I agree with you. Yeah. But I that's what I'm saying. Who is he aligned with? We we've seen what that track record is with the PBC. That's their MO. And look, if you're a fighter, I I love the fact that they're making that much money. Mm -hmm. If you're a fan, then it's a setback and, and it leaves a bitter taste in your mouth. We want the best fight and the best and yeah, of course we want fighters to make you know uh, career changing money, but not at the cost of being inactive and cheating the fans. All right, here's an idea then. You, you put all the money you have for that card together. You offer it all but 1% to Canelo versus Benavidez. And then you take that last 1%, that few thousand dollars, and you make more of Manfredo 3. I'm in. And when we come back, my conversation with Freddie Roach. <laughs> Okay, so my most frustrating ticket-buying experiences often involved looking for tickets to see the late Tom Petty. Uh, for many years, I was one of those people that whenever Tom Petty was playing live within 100 miles of me, I would want to go and see him play. I'd want to hop in the car, train, plane, whatever, to go see Tom Petty play. And because I was not alone in that feeling, uh, tickets were often hard to come by. And you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And I've got the Game Time app open in my hand right now, and I'm going to be all over the place over the next few months, traveling East Coast, West Coast, NBA All-Star Weekend 
in Indiana, and I'm always looking for something to do in those places. Looking for last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, game time. It's got a little bit of everything. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Views from all seats in the venue, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all the good things that you need when you're trying to buy tickets. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code MANIX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code MANIX, M-A-N-N-I-X, for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car. And that's easy for me to do because I still have my first car. And as long as it keeps running, and so far so good, I intend to have that car probably until the day I die. Uh, That's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for a place like eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, Freddie Roach is here, the Hall of Fame boxing trainer who will be cornering Jaime Munguia this week when Munguia trains John Ryder, hanging out here in the Phoenix Hotel. He's being watched over by his Hall of Fame publicist, Fred Stuzerfield. Good to have a Hall of Fame publicist alongside you, Freddie. Um, Fred's a good guy. He's truthful with me. <laughs> that is the most ringing endorsement that a publicist like Fred Sternberg could uh, possibly get. It's good as it gets. You were just telling me, Freddie, that, um, you know, and you always <laughs> surprised me with something. You said... Being back in Phoenix, you were an electrician here for a little while. Two years. Two years. Yeah. Well, the 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 guy who I hired Eddie Fudge to train his two sons uh, owned an electrical company, and I told him, I, you know, I, I got to pay my rent here because um, you know being in the boxing gym wasn't paying my rent. So I said, do you, do you have any work at, at the electrical place? And he says, are you an electrician? And I just said, yeah, 
but I, I, I learned to be an electrician. <laughs> and um, hey, I worked there for two years. I did every panel and every, every uh, apartment building they built here. And this place was on fire back then. It was Hopefully getting, not literally on fire no, no, because no. of electricity. It, it was getting bigger and bigger. I mean, they were just, Phoenix was just getting to be a, you know, a bigger state. In a lot of homes and so forth, so they gave me the job as an electrician, and then I was in charge of the plug and switch crew, and I used to tell them, you know, how to do the plug and switches, and plug and switches, it's not too hard. <laughs> so, are you a better electrician or trainer? Hmm, I could I could do any panel in any apartment, and uh, but. Um, uh, I think I'm a better trainer. That's good. When, in case the power goes out at my place in L.A., I'll give you a call. Okay. See if you can help me out. Uh, <laughs> so you are here with Jaime Munguia. Your first fight working with Jaime Munguia. And I, I admit, Freddie, I was surprised when I first heard that Jaime was working with you. Not that you're not great to work with, but he seemed to have a good relationship with Eric Morales. How did it come about that you started working with Jaime Munguia? You know, he just walked in the gym one day and he, he asked me if, if I would watch him work out and, you know, could it, could it work out in my gym? And I, I you know, um, he was very nice to me and he worked his ass off and, you know, I had heard all these rumors about, like, you know, you, you, you have bad defense, you have bad offense. You have, I said, there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of negatives with you. I said, well, why? Why is that? He said, they're just a little bit jealous. I said, yeah. I said, how could you have a bad defense with a good offense? If you throw a lot of punches, that might be, that might take care of both. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's after one day with him in the gym working on the mitts and so forth. We we hit it off. We were together every day for uh, at least a couple of weeks there. But then uh, we did have one occasion that he had, he did have to go home. Uh, his girlfriend had a baby, and he had to go and uh, take care of the baby for a day and so forth. But he came right back, and we, we went right back to work. And um, you know, uh, uh, the, the 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 bad defense was always like back in my mind and so forth. And I just worked on. Uh, on, on him being defensive and trying to hit him with every every shot I could, and um, it you know it it kind of ended up pretty, pretty funny because most guys have respect for me and they won't really hit me that hard and stuff like that. But he um, <laughs> he started hit me on the, uh, on the chin and I said hey I said why you hit me on the chin. And so he said, I, I, I hear that you're one of those trainers that likes to, likes to get hit. <laughs> I says, Masochist? No, nobody likes to get hit. <laughs> so, but then I, you know, I was teaching him moves along the way and so forth. You know, and I told him, you know, a good hip shot is really good. And, you know, you, you, you kill that body. He says, now on the hip shot, do you punch down on the hip? Uh, he, I said, no, no, no. You just put you punch a little bit up on, on the hip, and uh, you know it affects a lot of people in different ways, and so forth. And then it affected me in a different way. Oh, Freddie, to the podcast audience, <laughs> is showing me a nasty bruise on his right hip. Jesus, <laughs> that looks like it hurts. Oh, and you were wearing a pad yeah. at that time. Well, that yeah. just shows this guy's got some pretty good power. He, he can punch. Good yeah, punch. yes. But you saw him, Freddie. You worked the corner for Gabe Rosado when yeah. he fought uh, Munguia now a couple of years ago. Now, were you impressed with Munguia in that fight? Um, a little bit. You know, it's it's hard to be impressed by someone, some someone else, someone you're not working with, and so forth. But I got more more impressed with him. In, 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 in the gym, and he started he started throwing combinations, very very good combinations, and uh, you know he knows the hip shot now. He knows <laughs> he, he knows where to go with that. You know, behind the elbow, inside the elbow, and and you know they're not. I'm not really teaching him to do illegal shots. Uh, you know the hip the the hip shot is. is it's a little touchy with referees, 
it depends you know what type of referee you have if you have one who like wants to let you and your your opponent fight it out they're not going to say nothing about those things and uh he's he's Again, back in the gym every day. He went to see the baby for a day, and he came right back. And um, I, I, I told him, I said, we, we need to get ready for this fight. I said, you can't spend a month with the baby. I said, you have to come back right back. Mm -hmm. I said, if you don't come right back, I won't be here. Mm -hmm. And he came right back. So I was really impressed with that. And we've been working ever since. And... You know, we had a good workout yesterday, and yet yesterday we had to sweat a little bit extra. So he got on the treadmill, and uh, he got a really, really good sweat. And he, he, he was close to weight, yeah, 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 making weight yesterday, mm -hmm. and uh, he'll, he'll make weight today, no problem. So you were taking over a, a very good fighter, right? Former world champion who had a lot of success with Eric Morales in, over the last few years. What have you tried to add to that? Um, I just try to add my equa equations of how this fighter fights him. You know, um, you know, I, I I do have tape on his opponent, and uh, you know, the guy's he's not bad. He's he uh, he he doesn't put anything really together really well or anything like that. But he will he will throw. Uh, flurries of punches, and I, 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 I t taught my my guy how to, how to defend that, and how, and how to make that put that in your favor, and uh, he was really happy with with the, the equation and the the counter punching that we had. We we got to you know. I said you know when when this guy throws this, you've got to throw that. Because you're you're the, you're the better you're a much better counter puncher, mm -hmm. so and and he is he's a good counter puncher, and you know uh, the you know the, he has bad offense or bad defense. I said that, that's that that's only if you if, if you get a fighter who doesn't want to fight. Mm -hmm. This guy he wants to fight. This guy wants to fight. <laughs> yeah, he does. You know, coming coming over the border and coming into America, and somebody rented him a, a place that's close to my gym, so he could walk there every day. And you know what? He came every fucking day. And I, I I'm, I'm happy when people come. Mm -hmm. You know, because it means something to them. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna fire this guy up in, in in this fight, and you know there is a big fight that everyone's thinking about and talking about after this fight. Does it rhyme with Canelo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, it does. Remember <laughs> Canelo, and uh, you know what? Uh, I'm not really worried about Canelo right now. Uh, we've got enough to worry about right now. I said, "Hey, you've got to take over the offense in this." Well, fight. let me ask about that. What, what are you worried about? with John Ryder because on paper I don't know how John Ryder matches the offense of Jaime because John John throws like 40-ish punches per round yeah. Jaime's in the 60s that seems like a recipe for Jaime to win and John doesn't have what I would call fight-changing power so what are you worried about in a fight like this well the thing is I just don't want him to get stuck in in, in that old, old old mood and just like Go along the way, you know. I want you. I want you to fire it up and get this guy out of there. Mm. Uh, I, I actually, I said, hey, I think you should knock this guy out. Let, let's face it. He's not that. He's not that good. He's. You're. You're a much better fighter. And when you put your combinations together, that that should be enough to to get him out of here, you know. And then you know, we didn't even go on to the next fight because there was no sense going with that name yet until we win this fight. Um, and we win this fight, we definitely will go after the, 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 the big guy who's supposed to be the best fighter out there. And uh, I want to prove to the world he's not. All right, before I let you go, I have to ask you about the constant rumors that we hear about a rematch between Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. Have you heard anything substantial about that? I sat with Manny at a show. He came in to see his son fight on the show. 
This was when recently. Yeah, a month ago. A month ago. And him and him and his wife came in, and um, he told me like he gave me some names of who he wanted to fight. There was a couple guys on the show that he said that 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 guy would be a a pretty good opponent and so forth. And I said, but I thought that you know you were like trying to get the the Mayweather, and uh, he he said, you know, the thing with him, he, he just wants all the money. I, you know, the thing is, 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 is not, it's probably not going to have him because he, you know, he did say he uh, other names that guy of guys who were on the, on the show that we're at, and uh, you know, there, there was a couple of talented talented guys, but nothing, nothing in that category. I feel, I, you know, I think um, he. He was talking to me about exhibitions and so forth, you know, because in his country, they 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 have actually you know, fights with with the the, the 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 next country over. And I, I remember reading about that when I when I first started with Manny, and um, you know, just the the exhibition exhibitions against each other. Um, it was popular at one time, but I, th- I don't think it's as popular now because so much time has gone by, and he, you know, he's fought so many fight- be- better fighters than than that. And you know, the other thing is, Mayweather, uh, I, you know, he's just not interesting to me. To me, he's uh, he wants all the money, and that's all there is to it. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Freddie, good luck on Saturday with Jaime Munguia. Put some, like, Icy Hot on that hip, man. Like, geez, do something. Go take a... You know what? It was funny because it started feeling better. It funny. It started feeling better the other day, right? And then we, 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 we were back in the gym, and he fucking hits me right in the... <laughs> He, he hit me again, <laughs> and now it's more purple. <laughs> oh, you got to love it. Freddie, good luck, man. I appreciate it. That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Sergio Mora and Freddie Roach for joining the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. And I'll see you next week. Thank you so much. I go sleep. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.